0: So the tables have turned. Today, I am having a conversation with you about a process, a system, a philosophy that you've mastered over years and years of different experiences that Mm -hmm. you've had of life, the stages of life that Mm -hmm. you've lived, and kind of very diverse set of understanding of life, diverse set of things that you've experienced. And so I'm very excited to have you as our guest today. And I'm curious to start the journey because while our listeners have heard you many times, Mm -hmm. they may not know enough about you. Mm -hmm. So let's start the journey from when the journey began. I mean, not from the childhood, that Mm -hmm. might take a little hot minute, but from when you first started experiencing life in all of its intensity.
1: Wow, that's such a good question. When did I first experience life in all of its intensity? I would say the first memory that I have, and it is in childhood, that I remember my mom was dropping me off at nursery school. It was my first day of nursery school. My mom was a doctor and she was wearing her white coat and she dropped me off. And it was the first time I had experienced being separated from my mother in that way because I'd always been raised by my grandmother or my dad was home or my mom was home. But this was the first time I left to go to school. And I remember feeling like a part of me had been cut off from me. And that memory actually only resurfaced in these past few months where I remembered how abandoned I felt. I know my mother was just dropping me off at school. You know, that's what she was doing. But that's the first time that I remember feeling something that wasn't amazing. I felt something that wasn't exuberant. You know, it was pain. It was like my mother is leaving me. That's the first time. And I think throughout my childhood, young adulthood and adulthood, no one actually ever taught me how to regulate my emotions, right? Especially in the Indian culture growing up, it's don't talk about it, don't rock the boat, don't make a big deal. Chumayre is what my mom would tell me. In mm-hmm. in our language, Tamil, chumaire means be quiet. And mm-hmm. so that's what I was told growing up. And so it's no surprise, you know, here I am wanting to show people that when you learn how to talk to yourself with kindness and compassion and determination and you become that encouraging, motivating voice for yourself, that You know, you have the power to use your voice, to not only hear your deepest thoughts, but also to use your own voice to motivate you. So many of us are seeking that feedback from other people and that validation from other people. But what if you could become that person for yourself? That's really what I'm all about.
0: What is it that you felt or how is it that you found that you were talking to yourself or what was it that you found that people tend to do when they're talking to themselves?
1: For me personally, I've dealt with a lot of self-loathing and hatred towards myself. I have had very high expectations of myself for how I should and should not be, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. So while I can come off as very confident, which I am because as we both know, confidence is a skill that can be built. My internal conversation wasn't very kind. You wouldn't wanna live up in my brain. It's not. It, it was not a peaceful place, it wasn't a happy place to be. What I find with other people in the work that I do, helping them with their self-talk, it's that, we all have this like very mean, critical voice. It's that voice that just tries to knock us down a notch. You know what I mean? Like, we'll be feeling really good, and it's like, don't feel that good, or it's not safe to feel this good. It may not sound like that in our voice, but we have certain parts of ourselves that are terrified of us outgrowing ourselves, outgrowing our families. And so the enemy that we have to, and I don't want to say enemy, the voice that we have to understand and really make peace with are the voices in our own head.
0: Interesting. What do you think is the role of that voice? The reason why I ask that question is I'm curious to Mm -hmm. understand what if that voice was being mean to us because it wanted us to grow? How do you know what's the role that it's playing right now?
1: That's such a good question, Ajit. For for me, I pay attention to how does it feel in my body when I speak to myself in that way? So you know this. We can say anything in a multitude of ways. There's always 10 different ways that you can say something. So for anyone who has a mean girl or a mean guy in their head, I want you to just, when you hear that, first you have to become acutely aware of that voice and like pay attention to what it's saying. And how it's feeling in your body. So if I want to motivate myself to get up, sure, I can say, get your ass up, Vasavi. Mm -hmm. That works for me, by the way. That works for me. Get your ass up, Vasavi. That works. Mm -hmm. But over time, that can really just beat us down. Constantly, just all the toughness without the love can just feel like you're broken down, right? So when you say out loud the mean things and the critical things, that you're saying to yourself, you actually are able to distance yourself from that voice and ask yourself, do I want to talk to myself in this way? Would I talk to anyone else in that way? Would I say that to you? Get your ass up, Ajit. I mean, I may as a joke, but if I'm really trying to support you and if I'm really trying to motivate you, I would maybe say it differently, mm-hmm. right? If, as a friend or if you were a client or a family member and you were going through something, I wouldn't say, get your ass up, you know, get your ass up. I mean, it could work in some situations and I mm-hmm. agree. Sometimes you need that. But like I said, it's not the best approach for sustained continuity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, as a human or as a business owner, you know, just talking to ourselves in that way. So we have an opportunity when we say that mean thought that we're having about ourselves, that insecure thought, that doubtful voice in our head that's like, don't do that. Don't say this. You say it out loud and then you can question and be like, is that actually true? Do I want to believe that? Do I want to continue talking about myself and to myself in this way.
0: Beautiful. The inspiration of this question comes mm-hmm. from, there's a gentleman, I don't know if you know about him. His name is David Goggins. Mm-hmm. Do you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So he's written
0: a couple of books. Mm-hmm. One of his book is, the latest one that came out is called Never Finished. Wow. And in that book, I was just listening to the book and I was just like, wow, that guy really talks to himself in many different ways. So I'm, I'm not in any way beating down on yeah. him. This is more of an acknowledgement to saying he's found a way to talk to probably both sides of it. I mean, it's a book, so I have only one Mm -hmm. directional information here. I can't really say how he is as a person. I've never met him. Mm -hmm. But what I found interesting about the book is he's found a way to even have his negative talk Mm -hmm. talk to him in a way where it fuels him instead of it feeling like, oh, you should, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, he literally, like, which I think is a technique I use as well, but he says, I have two personalities in me. One is David and one is Goggins. David's a nice sweet person Mm -hmm. that you know acknowledges Mm -hmm. something going wrong and so forth. And Goggins is this beast Mm. that would just come out and suddenly you would go, you may go in to Uh, You know, to the bathroom as David and come out as Goggins and then you're like ready for competition, ready to run, Mm -hmm. even when your knee is hurting and so forth. So he talks about these fantastical stories of his life, which downright sometimes feel dangerous to me. And crazy. And crazy to some extent because I'm like, wow, that guy is running while everybody and himself knows that his knee is kind of like in the worst shape Mm -hmm. that it can be at an age which is not that much. He's like 45 mm-hmm. or 50 or something like that. But it's like he's not that old for his knee to literally be drained three times in three days or 10 days or something like that. And he's like, no, I'm going to run 200-mile race or some shit like that. And I'm like, wow, that's an interesting way of kind of framing our voices in our mm-hmm. head to say there's a David and the Goggins. I have an Ajit and an AJ. It's very mm-hmm. evident to me when Ajit is in play and when AJ is in the play, AJ is a... Hard ass when I have to negotiate a business deal, it's always AJ. Mm -hmm. That shows that even my wife calls me AJ when I'm talking business. Mm -hmm. Like, that's AJ talking at this point because it's very A plus B equals to C or not, or it works or Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It's not a negotiation. I'm certain of certain things. And when Ajit's at play, he's very coach, Mm -hmm. very I'm going to listen to you, I'm going to hear it out, I'm going to try to make a case, but not necessarily push through something, Mm -hmm. versus AJ is almost non negotiable in some way, where Mm -hmm. his Demeanor is very, you know, like, hey, this is what we're doing, and yeah. I'm going to get it irrespective or yeah. not. And I found that very interesting to also switch that. Have you found some version of that in the internal chatter and your philosophy of Say It Out Loud?
1: Oh my God, I just I absolutely love that you brought this up. So as a trained actor and a voiceover artist, one of the things that we do is tap into the different parts of ourselves. It comes from internal family systems, parts therapy, inside each and every one of us are different parts. Some of these parts we've embraced, these are the parts that are more acceptable, right? And then we have other parts of ourselves that we're like, ugh, I'm not gonna show this part to people, right? So. I love to tell people to name their parts. So let me share some of my parts with you. I have vulnerable Vasavi. This is the Vasavi that is softer and is more in touch with her heart and she's willing to share a side of herself that she may not normally share. I have vicious Vasavi. Vicious Vasavi will come out guns blazing if you cross the line. I mean, she doesn't come out often. We have her at bay. I've managed her anger and her reactivity, but I have a vicious side of me. That's okay. It's okay to have a vicious side of you because sometimes you need that part of you. Sometimes you need that part of you to stand up for yourself. So don't disown or say, I don't like this part of me. Stop not liking parts of you, it's a part of you. It's about using that to help you. I have another side of myself, which I'm just tapping into, by the way, called Vixen Vasavi. This is like the sexy, sensual, what is she like? I'm still exploring this part of myself. I also have Vigilant Vasavi. This is the Vasavi when I want to set my mind to do something, hell or high water, I will get it done. You need vigilance to do that. That's a certain energy. That's a certain vibe. You speak differently when you're vigilant. You speak differently when you're vulnerable. So we have the ability and like... It's an experience to be able to play with your voice, right? Like when you're in business, and I've heard you, and I've called you up for money advice, and I call you for a reason because I want that part of Ajit that's like straightforward. There's not a lot of emotion involved. Just tell me what to do. I need clear, black and white. Oh, and actually, I've spoken to you about my father, and how stuff about my father brings up emotions. And when I talk to you, I'm not looking for business, Aj. I'm looking for Dad, Ajit, mm-hmm. the one who's so compassionate. And you have, you know, elderly parents too. And so you then tap into a different side of yourself. So yes, to everything that you said. And I want to invite everyone to take the time to understand these different parts of ourselves and use them to your advantage.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. And there's another book recommendation Mm -hmm. called No Bad Parts. I think it's from a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I think the process called internal family systems, Mm -hmm. I could be wrong about the exact system name and so forth, but the book definitely, I feel like it's called No Bad Parts. And in the book, he talks about really extreme cases of Sometimes going into even bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. where he kind of acknowledges that all these different parts of you, like different parts of philosophy, different parts of Ajit, <laughs> are basically parts that were created because of different events in our lives. And those parts are important because that built a characteristic to
1: survive, that, to, to, to survive, survive mm-hmm.
0: and to thrive in such mm-hmm. circumstances. And they built the attitude, the persona, and the personality that would support that particular act. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be your default all of the time because you're actually, when not acknowledging another part of you or utilizing another part of you, take away the full power Mm -hmm. that you might have or full capability that you might have. It is having many different Iron Man suits. You can, yes, use the default Iron Man suit, or you could use the Hulkbuster when you're fighting Hulk, Mm -hmm. right? You need a different suit Mm -hmm. for a different kind of a problem that you're going to resolve. And you need to be able to lean into that and be able to tap into that to be able to, really really create the outcome that is the most desired outcome for that particular situation. So when you are saying out loud, when you are talking out loud, do you first somehow need to know who you are speaking to? When does the process of Say It Out Loud come in?
1: So inside my book, Say It Out Loud, what I'm walking people through are actual verbal prompts and scripts to how to talk to these different parts of yourself. So I live alone with my dog, and so I often talk to myself out loud because, hey, I'm listening. (laughs) At least I know I'm listening, you know? So let's say there's a part of myself that's feeling uneasy. Let's say I'm upset about something. I'm feeling a little scattered and I'll be sitting there. And instead of ruminating in my head, you know, it gets loud in there. I will actually say out loud, "Vas, what's going on? Talk to me. And then I allow myself to channel this part of myself that's feeling uneasy. The part of me that's anxious. And that part of me comes out and I give that part of myself space to speak, and I'll say, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I got this to do, my calendar's feeling overwhelmed, I don't even know when I'm gonna have time to da-da-da-da-da, and then we tap back into this wise part of ourselves, and I can say, well, let's, you know, What do you need to do to feel organized? What do you need to do? And so I can go back to that part of myself and say, I kind of just need to sit down and look at everything that's on my plate. I need to organize. Here's the thing, Ajit. I know it sounds crazy. I'm actually talking to myself, different parts of myself, but we cannot keep relying on other people all the time. This is helping you when you can talk to yourself and access different parts of yourself and let that part speak you don't really have to go to other people because what my philosophy is that every single one of us has the wisdom, has the intuition. We've just broken off from it.
0: So what's interesting, what you said is, and I think it's more true than we are anyways always talking to ourselves. Let's be very yes, real. Yes, I'm just inviting you, you to
1: say it out loud. Yeah, I yeah. think
0: we are always talking to ourselves. It's just so quiet when you're talking to yourself that often you don't recognize that you are actually talking to mm-hmm. yourself. And when you are talking to yourself in your own head, What tends to happen is because it's not verbal, and I'm just saying Hawaiian, where I find Mm -hmm. your methodology really powerful and useful, is when I'm talking to myself just in my head, I'm very quiet as a person. Like when I'm Mm -hmm. thinking, I'm thinking. But I've often observed that when I'm just talking to myself, I don't know when the conversation ends. And so you're in the conversation for an incredibly long amount of time Mm -hmm. versus being able to process. And I think when you say it versus let the conversation be in your head, what happens is you have made a conscious outspoken thing. And so there's a point where you would go, I think I'm complete. And I think the problem with Mm -hmm. just conversation in our heads is there is no point where the conversation is complete. And so the conversation picks up moment you get a quiet time, Mm -hmm. which means... I have a conversation. Let's say you had a disagreement with someone. There was a conversation Mm -hmm. in your head or you felt overwhelmed during a coaching session or whatever it might be. Conversation in your head. You're like, oh, but I have to go eat lunch with my friend. You'll go eat lunch with your friend. You come back and the conversation is still in your head. Mm -hmm. Right? So the conversation doesn't have an ending point. And because it doesn't have an ending point, you tend to be in the emotion of that conversation, in the beingness of that conversation, in the unproductiveness of that conversation for a significantly longer time than if you just say it out loud. What do you think about that?
1: Absolutely, and here's the other thing. If you're constantly in your head ruminating and you haven't said it out loud, you cannot be present with yourself or other people. For me, ultimately, Ajit, and I want everyone hearing this because I know everyone listening to the podcast, you know, their coaches, their creatives, they want to really have an impact on this world. It's really hard to do that when your mind is cluttered. It's really hard to get organized. It's really hard to put yourself out there. Everything feels harder when you're clogged. If your mind is filled with this and that and all these voices telling you who you are, who you're not, why you suck, why you cannot move forward. It's harder to. So that's why I say, let's just say you're about to post something on social media. I'm going to keep it simple. And in your mind, you're like, oh, that's too much. And so then you don't post it. And then there you go you know, disowning a part of yourself and not sharing yourself in that moment would be a perfect time for you to ask yourself, wait out loud. Why am I not sharing this? Let that other part of you that's insecure or scared say, well, I don't want my friends from high school to see this. They're going to think this, whatever your truth is, by the way, this only works if you're honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. This is when you say it out loud, you cannot lie to yourself. And I find that most people lie to themselves. (laughs) Most people lie to themselves and they believe their own bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's a really scary place to be when you buy your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. But when you say it out loud, your body cannot deny what it feels from the vibration of the word. You know when you're lying. Mm-hmm. You know when you're lying to, your, to others and yourself, even when it's a white lie. Listen, I can be a very good white liar, big liar. I lied a lot as a kid. My mother kept me very honest. I was afraid of my mother, so I lied a lot as a child. And my mother forced me to be honest. She did. I mean, we had consequences. So out of a traumatic response, I became a very honest person. And then when I had to get sober for the first time, second time again, my counselor said to me, the only way that you are going to stay sober is if you are brutally honest with yourself and anybody. So I want people to know this is not just like, oh, I'm talking to myself out loud. It keeps you honest because you cannot lie to your body. Mm -hmm. You cannot, no matter what, like your body feels it. Because if I say to you, I'm looking at your sweatshirt. Your sweatshirt is green. Mm-hmm. Inside, I actually just felt like, no, it's not. I felt it. It's like, no, it's not because I'm saying the word green, but my, I know into it, I know that it's blue. You can't lie to yourself when you say it
0: out loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is so true. Mm-hmm. And I feel you're so spot on when you say a lot of us lie to not only ourselves, we do it so we can lie to the world. And there is a dance of, Manifestation Mm -hmm. and honesty. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important that one must realize that if you want to manifest the greatest truth of your life, you can't lie. Context wise, what I find, and this happens with my groups all the time, is that I would go, okay, what's your goal? Or what do you think you can do in the next 30 days? And they would come up with obscure numbers that I know are not true. Mm They also know it's not true, but mm-hmm. they would say it. Like, for example, I was just doing this exercise with somebody and I kind of went, okay, what do you think? If you had all the resources for the next 30 days, what can you create? And they said, oh, million dollars. Somebody went, $10 million, mm-hmm. you know, $5 million. And I was like, you don't have to lie to me. Right? Because I know you don't make a thousand dollars, or right now you're making five thousand a month. Wow, If you had all the resources, it's a great manifestation, hope to have. Mm-hmm. but life is not built on hope. There's a fundamental need for hope in our life because that gives us drive. Mm-hmm. But there's also certain amount of honesty and truth so we don't start lying to ourselves. You can manifest a million dollars. I have no doubt Mm -hmm. about that. But if I tell you have infinite resources for 30 days, you can manifest a million dollars and you can come up with a plan for it, Let's be bloody honest. Let's mm-hmm. let's be truthful here. You don't actually believe you can make a million dollars. Right? You think mm-hmm. you can. You don't even think you can for that matter. You're saying it because you feel this principle of manifestation mm-hmm. of saying, oh, you know, you must dream big. Yes, but you need to believe that big dream mm-hmm. as well. You can't just go, I'm gonna just go dream big. You know, it's that's mm-hmm. not how dreams work. Dreams also look for some sense of honesty, some sense of evidence, some sense of truth within it Mm -hmm. to say, well, this dream can work. Mm -hmm. If you chase a dream that in your body, in your soul, you're like, there's no way I'm getting this. You could dream whatever dream. It's not going to happen. And it is not because you're not capable. It's because you're starting from a foundation of lies. Mm -hmm. Be truthful And be real. Even if you're lying in front of other people, if you really need to, I don't know why you would need to, just start by being just real and honest. I'm so honest with myself of saying what my skill is, what my skill is not. Mm -hmm. What I can create, what I can't create. It doesn't mean I don't have bigger desires. It doesn't mean I don't have more hope. Mm -hmm. It simply means that I know where I am right now so Mm -hmm. I can operate from that reality Mm -hmm. instead of this arbitrary hope that I may project into the universe and say, oh, universe must catch up to me. It's not gonna
1: So I appreciate that you asked, like, you know, you don't have to lie, just say it. And I want to acknowledge that, you know, dishonesty um, comes from shame. We lie because we're ashamed. We lie because we don't want people to think we don't have the shit figured out. You know, I'll be completely honest. I was talking to your wife the other day about investing and I don't know much about investing. You know, I've been in a season where I'm building myself financially, paying down debt. I feel really good. And I was talking to your wife and I noticed, and although she didn't make me feel this way, I noticed there was a little bit of shame like, oh, Voss, you're 40. You should know this by now. Of course, your wife never makes me feel any sort of a, she never makes me feel small or stupid, but I had my own shame. But because I say it out loud and I'm in the practice of just being honest about where I'm at, I get the help that I need. She gave me some great tips on investing. I'm already doing it. But my point to everyone is, you know. Don't beat yourself up if you lie. You need to know that you lie because you have shame. And I want you to know that the solution to shame, to shrivel that shame, is to say it out loud. Because when you keep those secrets in here and here, they do seem so much bigger. Because they're eating you up. They're taking up space. But when you say it, and here's my caveat, you have to say it to someone who you feel safe with. I am not going to share my shit with someone who's going to throw it in my face. I know exactly who to go to to talk to what about you know and so i want everyone to know that this is more than just talking to yourself out loud it's more than just an alternative guide to journaling and verbal prompting this is about freeing yourself from shame some of you are not getting the help that you need because you're so afraid to say i don't know what the hell i'm doing yeah. so if we got over ourselves and allowed ourselves and that's why we need community you know you know communities like evercoach and all the things that you've created and I've created. When you have a place that you can say it out loud, you can free yourself so you can keep it moving.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and honesty does require safety, like you said, so you don't feel ashamed or Mm -hmm. nobody is shaming you for Mm -hmm. something, for saying it. But like you said, and like I believe as well is, if you, if you want to get ahead, you want to start. And you don't have to get honest with anybody else, but first with yourself. Yep. Just say, hey, I'm going to get real with myself. Mm-hmm. And when you're real with yourself, you really get the truth of your own life. And that I think is the mm-hmm. first truth to find. It's like, where am I? What do I really want to create? Where do I need to learn? Where do mm-hmm. I need to get my act together? And saying out loud, honestly, mm-hmm. to yourself helps you really see it. I've done a version of what you share and teach in your book and really demonstrate to individuals to do in your book with your prompts and so forth. I've done a version of that and that probably is one of those things where I was able to then finally move forward. I was in the trap of my mind of constantly, you know, like just beating myself down or thinking something's not possible to say, hey, here are my strengths, here are my weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And here is what is real and what's not real Mm -hmm. for me. Here is what my desires are and I have no capability Mm -hmm. for it or little capability for it, but I can build whatever capability for it. And with that reality, with that honesty, with that truthfulness towards myself, I could create the right Mm -hmm. partnerships. I could find the right people. I could build the right skills. I Mm -hmm. could say yes to things that I knew I was capable to build in a short period of time. Mm There's a system that I'm building right now. By the time this comes out, hopefully the system would be complete or at least would have either it works or not. It's called Mishogi 60. And that's basically putting yourself through 60 days of kind of challenge Mm -hmm. of what you are really capable of. I call it growth to pain, Mm -hmm. which is basically finding things that you find really painful in your life, Mm -hmm. like things that are difficult for you, but you really want to have. Like, for example, for me, it's, I, I love doing this, the long form content. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me, let's record something with social, I'm going to come up with whatever procrastination. I will talk about how the camera is not the right camera or whatever the heck it is, yeah. right? I will find the reason why to not do it mm-hmm. because 90 second content is not something that, I know enough about or I've practiced enough, but my desires are in that mm-hmm. field. My desire is that I should be able to communicate an idea in 90 seconds and in 90 minutes, mm-hmm. in all of that range, right? Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be, if I am committed to serving humanity, I should be able to communicate an idea mm-hmm. in whatever time frame is required. But I have inherent resistance to it. And so I said, okay, I must create five pieces for the next 60 days every single week. Mm-hmm. I must bring four liters of water because that's one more thing that I know It's so hard for me to do. I always not drink water. I must eat 120 grams of protein. I must work out twice a day, which is one movement outside and one movement inside the gym. I must reach out to two new people every single day. New people are people that I want to build a relationship that I already know. Mm -hmm. Because again, that's something that I'm not very good at. And it's very hard for me to reach out. So these are difficult things for me. And I said, I'm going to put myself through all of these things. But I had to get real. Two people a day is actually not a big number, right? From Mm -hmm. anybody, from let's say somebody like you or Nita, two person a day, you're like, I do that in the first two minutes of my day. What are you talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) i like, I don't know what you're talking about. Send me a voice note. So send me a voice note first thing in the
1: morning and say good morning. Keep it simple, you know? Yeah, but
0: what I'm trying to say is like for somebody listening, you're like, I said, that's difficult for you. That's really hard for me. But I had to get honest with myself to say, this is going to be really difficult because I usually would respond to a message, but I would not initiate a message. It's just where I am in my life. Mm -hmm. But I said, if I truly care for my friends, which I do, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't I initiate a conversation? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I push forward for that? If I'm creating a version of my well-being... Why wouldn't I find 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in the evening to go through physical pain? Like I had calls starting at 9 a.m. So I was like, I'm going to be in the office at eight o'clock in the morning, run 30 minutes, come back, take a shower, get on my call, and then do all mm-hmm. the podcasting with you. And that's, Like I'm like, you find a way, but it's Mm -hmm. hard, but you got to get so honest with yourself and say, I am going to fail, and I'm not saying in any way that I will hit all the numbers, water is not hitting every day. I'm supposed to drink four liters of water, so I usually end up at three, three and a half, and after that I'm like, I've peed too much today (laughs) to be able to finish the four liters, but I will get there, I'm sure, by the end of this journey. But I think that's where saying out loud, saying Mm -hmm. that this is where I am and it's absolutely okay that I am and that I will fail and I can give myself some grace here and keep building this new attitude, the new version, new identity of myself so I can create this new reality. I think it's powerful for any individual. And I think saying out loud... Is one of those things mm-hmm. that would help you become really real with yourself. And I think it's that's something that misses in us sometimes.
1: Well, here's the thing. Most of us walk around really afraid of other people. We're intimidated by their reactions, we're intimidated of what they're gonna think about us. And I'm reminded of that scene, and I talk about it in my book, this last scene of the movie Eight Mile. With Eminem. He's in the rap scene battle with G Rabbit, and they're battling back and forth. And G Rabbit basically, you know, he's been the whole time just talking shit about Eminem, how he's white trash and how his mom is this and that. And so Eminem eventually wins the battle. And he was like, Yeah, I'm white trash. Yeah, my mom is this. Yeah. And then he's like, Whatever, I'm out. And he wins this rap battle. And I look at that as Eminem owned his shit. He owned the truth. What can you possibly say to me? To intimidate me or make me afraid that I don't already know about myself. You think I'm crazy? Cool, I think I'm crazy too. You think I'm aggressive? Yeah, I know I can be aggressive. You think I'm a little annoying? Yeah, I know that about myself. Like, no one can fuck with you when Mm -hmm. you're honest with yourself. When you're real with yourself about everything. Even like, I resist drinking water. It's like, you're not insecure anymore. You're not insecure anymore because you own it. So I'm not walking in like, what does Ajit think about me? I don't care what you think about me. I know what I think about me. And Mm -hmm. what I think about me matters more. And the way we learn to think highly of ourselves, it has nothing to do with perfection. It has to do with being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. You respect yourself when you are brutally honest with yourself. Like so honest to the point that it hurts, but you're willing to hold that and still be good to yourself. Like don't beat yourself up with that awareness. That's Mm -hmm. not what you do with awareness. You don't get aware about yourself and honest and then beat yourself up with the truth. You say, I go, okay, okay, great. I have resistance around getting on camera. I have resistance around... You know, moving my body every day. Okay, great. Here's where I'm at. What do I want? Okay, great. What's the next step? What's one thing that I can do easy, small, that I can just begin the first step? It's such a beautiful process of being real with where you're at, not beating yourself up over it, getting clear and committed on what the heck you actually do want, and then take the action.
0: Absolutely. It's (laughs) uh, it's so, so, so very important. I think it's an important step in the Mm -hmm. journey of talking out loud or Mm -hmm. saying out loud, Mm -hmm. I think it's important to get real and honest. And I mm-hmm. think say it out loud does make you more honest, doesn't it?
1: It makes you honest. Well, well, here's, here's what I want to say about that. If you do not have a connection with your body, you've disconnected, it's actually quite easy to lie. I know this because I used to lie all the time. In my addiction, when I dealt with addiction, I lied to my family about everything. And I've cleaned up all of it. I've come clean with all of it. That's part of our recovery is that we're honest about everything. But I obviously was not okay lying. I, I was not okay being a liar, but... I could justify it because my body didn't have to feel it so much because I was so disconnected and removed. So it does keep you honest. It will feel uncomfortable at first. If you've been in the habit of lying to yourself and uh, just sweeping it under the rug, it will be new at first because you're rebuilding a relationship with yourself. Think Mm -hmm. about it. If someone breaks your trust over and over again and lets you down, Ajit, over and over again, you're going to be cautious being friends with that person again, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with ourselves. We've abandoned ourselves. We've let ourselves down. We've talked ourselves out of situations. We've minimized who we are. We've tried to, you know, package and pad our personalities. And now all of a sudden you want to be this confident person. There are parts of you that don't trust you with you because you've abandoned you. You know, you've silenced yourself. So by getting into the habit, the practice, the movement of saying it out loud, what you're saying to yourself is, I love you so much and I accept you that I'm not going to silence you anymore. Whatever you have to say, say it. Like we, there are parts of you, there are parts of me that are just starting to come out or just starting to wake up. We have to give those parts of ourselves an outlet, a place to express itself because it's been dormant. Mm-hmm. If we're all about living the full expression of our life, then there cannot be a part of ourselves that we're... I'm not saying every single part of you has to come out, but you gotta at least acknowledge that it exists and maybe see, hey, where does this part of myself need to express itself? You know, I have a very competitive side. Mm -hmm. I'm very competitive, mostly with myself. I, I don't feel the need to compete with other people, but I love that aggressive side of me. I don't feel like being aggressive with people. So what do I do? I play tennis. I get to smash the hell out of the ball. I get to curse. I get to talk shit to my opponent. My point is we don't need to stifle these parts of ourselves. We need to find outlets for it to express itself so we can live our lives more courageously and boldly and free.
0: Beautiful. And is there a way that you got to this system of say it out loud? Did you find this somehow? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when I was 19 years old, so I have bipolar disorder type 1, which means... And this is not my reality anymore. I've worked very hard on my own emotional stability and, and mind management. But it's typically seven days of hypomania with about two weeks of deep depression. So, And, and that usually coincides with my menstruation cycle because it's hormonal. That's how it used to be. When I was first diagnosed, I mean, I was 19 years old. What did I know? Mm. But I remember reading about mania and mania always, you know, one of the symptoms is racing thoughts. And I just thought having racing thoughts was normal. I mm-hmm. thought it was normal, because pretty much for, you know, my, my young adult years and my teenage years, I didn't know how to channel my own energy, right? So my mind was just going all the time. But when I was diagnosed, just because you know, knowledge is one of my core values, I went to Barnes and Noble and I looked up everything I could about bipolar disorder. And I remember reading about these racing thoughts and slowing them down. And so I was driving in the car and I was acutely aware of how fast my mind was going. And I said to myself, why don't I say each of these thoughts out loud? The way I learned to slow my mind down was by saying the thoughts out loud because the minute I said it, it came out of my head. The Mm -hmm. minute I said it, it came out of my head. My mind started to slow down. Mm -hmm. So that's how it began. It began as a way for me to understand my own mind. I think it's pretty ironic that I'm writing a book. I I mean, here I am diagnosed with a mental illness and it's like, I'm telling people to, to read my book about talking to the voices in your head, but who better than someone that had to? I had to learn how to slow my mind down. And I want to share a personal story why this matters so much to me. My father's younger brother, Lakshmi Kumar, he was 30 years old when he took his own life. And I was 10 years old when my uncle passed. And I remember my father told me how he killed himself. He had hung himself from a fan. And at that age, I was like, wait, wait, someone can take their own life? Like I never knew what suicide was. And at that moment, my dad said, yeah, you know, his mind attacked him. You know, that's how my dad explained it. And that's how I also interpreted it. So when I got diagnosed when I was 19, I remembered my uncle and I said he didn't know his mind attacked him. And that's why he took his own life. I don't need to be like that. So when I got diagnosed, I almost feel like I was able to kind of break this curse in our family of mental health not being addressed. You know, because at the time when he took his own life, he was in India. They just thought he was an alcoholic and whatever, but he had very deep depression, the poor my uncle. And he felt like he had no other way out than to take his own life. And I don't think if I could say anything to everyone listening right now is that this is so much deeper than just, you know, saying whatever you want to say out loud. This is about you relieving yourself and not suffering in silence. I don't think anyone should have to take their own life. You know, and I believe that if our minds became a kinder place where things could thrive and grow, people wouldn't feel the need to take their own life, but we're not taught how to talk to ourselves. We're told to listen. Mm -hmm. We're literally not taught, hey, be kind to yourself. It's more like, well, this is what I'm telling you to do. Be obedient, right? Mm -hmm. Be obedient don't whatever. So I'm teaching people how to talk to themselves. And it's funny because I've hated myself most of my life, but I've had to learn how to make my mind a kinder place because I know the repercussions of what happens when your mind attacks you and you don't have... Sovereignty and like control, and the ability to manage your mind. I don't want to be at the beck and call of my mind. I want to use my mind to execute. I don't want to use my mind to make life altering decisions. You know, I want to use my body and be in touch with my body to make those decisions. And then I want to help use my mind to execute. But some of us are living so much up here. We live in a society where it's very neck up, it's like everything is up here. And I'm trying to get people to get out of their minds and get back into their creative spirits. Mm -hmm. And we do that by emptying our mind out. And we do that by saying it out loud.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I think it's a very powerful method for sure. Thanks. And it's so useful, especially when you're by yourself. Uh, (laughs) For sure. Because that's when the mind tries to attack you in a way mm-hmm. for whatever good or bad reasons that's just where we are mm-hmm. in the psychological lives where we are not taught there's no scope of being taught anywhere anytime soon it's only when we become adults do we recognize even that our mind is not always our ally sometimes it mm-hmm. is or not ally to our goals and our vision of ourselves it's still our ally trying to do the best it can but it is not an ally to what we want to Mm -hmm. achieve. It is only an ally to our current circumstance. And if it's a negative one, Mm -hmm. maybe we'll just propagate that and we'll just keep harping Mm -hmm. on that. And I think one of the most powerful things that anybody can learn, a young or somebody young as Mm -hmm. a kid or as an adult, is to be able to not be a slave to what the mind defaults to, Mm -hmm. but almost be a leader to your mind and say, I I hear you, Mm -hmm. and here is how we're going to do this. And that conversation is very much a conversation of your prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. And that conversation can only be held once you are aware of what actually is happening. Mm -hmm. And saying out loud is such a powerful model of doing so.
1: And and I I don't want to just say one more, you know, what you just said about, you know, with all this voices in your head, you know, I like to think of all the parts of myself, the voices in my head. Like a team, right? If I was playing a sport, your mind, all the voices in your head, you know, you get to be the coach to all the players in your head. You're going to have a naggy player. You're going to have a lazy ass player. You're going to have an unmotivated player. You're going to have a bitter, cynical player. You're going to have an arrogant player who doesn't want to do the work, but thinks they do. We have all of it inside of us. Your job, let's just say your higher self, the God within you, the one that knows better, has the ability to coach and get those players on the same team, because you don't want all these competing voices in your head. You are trying to get somewhere. You have a goal. You have a vision. This cannot get in the way. So you need to learn how to manage all of that so you can move forward. You know, there's I, Vasavi, and then there's all these different parts of me, and it's my job To manage those voices. And I do that. And because it's I'm a deep feeler, I get sucked into my feelings too. I'm human. The way that I've learned to integrate both my logic and my emotions, so I'm not a completely cold asshole, but I'm also not a sap in my feelings all the time and not able to move is you integrate that by when you say it out loud, you can have compassion for that part of yourself. Like, you know what, that sucks. I get it. And come on, let's go. We got work to do. You Mm -hmm. get to be both, you get to be the compassionate soothing person for yourself and be like, I understand you're insecure, I understand you don't feel good or whatever. And you get to tap into the part of you that's like, you got this, let's go. Mm -hmm. You know?
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Plus, how can people get their hands on the book?
1: Okay. They can get their hands on the book by going to sayitoutloudbook.com. I also want to say what I'm very excited about is one of my bonuses is a virtual Say It Out Loud book club. So the book comes out May 16th, 2023. Our book club will be in June. So think of it as like a crash course in talking to yourself. So that's the most exciting bonus. And there's some instant access bonuses like um, camera confidence and meditations to help you feel more free inside and a guided audio training that I did that you can listen to at any time to get yourself through any situation. And it's Based off my book, so super excited, and thank you to all of you. Yes. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. Yeah. So go ahead, go to sayitoutloudbook.com yes, and you can get whatever different versions of the book. I yes. would imagine like mm-hmm. ebook or mm-hmm. physical book and mm-hmm. so forth. So just go ahead, sayitoutloudbook.com. dot com. We'll also link it up in the show notes. Thank you so much thank for joining you. us today, Wasi. Thank you. This is great.